Many people have problems with art and not with reality. So what is art different? It's pretty simple, right? This is knowledge, this is thinking, this is thought. Yeah, it does something strange with your head. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. Bring it. Welcome to episode 66 of the Undergang Armchair. My name is Ando. Just wait till we get to 666. So this is pretty exciting. This is our first live, well, not live, but recorded live in front of a audience podcast. We recorded here in Copenhagen at the museum's building, which is the home of the Benya Rathnow Gallery, probably the most beautifully housed gallery here in town. It's a beautiful historic building. And we sat down and talked with Augusta Atla and Nikos Brenadis, who have a show there right now. It was really interesting to do it live. We're going to do more of this in the future. We had an audience of about 10 people, so it was perfect for the first time. And we had a little artist talk. So we hope you guys will enjoy this. There's no other news this week. Go see some art. It's out there. Go see this show. The only other thing I'd like to touch on is a special thanks to the uh, to the Danish Arts Council, who have been extremely kind in supporting this show and making it happen. We are not that many steps away from bringing the show back to being weekly. We're almost there, guys. Almost there. So any help you have telling friends helps us get one step closer to that goal. Augusta and Nikos' show is big. It's up until 18th of November. And it encompasses a huge range of works, you know, silk screens on fabric, works on paper, traditional darkroom prints, installation, uh, video. It's, it's, it just shows the wide range and interest these two artists have. And I'd say it's well worth going and seeing. But like always, they can tell it better than I can. So let's get straight to it. Enjoy our first live episode ever. Yes, my name is Ando. Hello, welcome everybody. This is a uh, podcast that I am the host of called The Undergang Armchair. And it's basically a show where I sit down and have conversations with artists about their work, about the realities of being an artist, about um, the pain in the ass of being an artist, uh, the joys, the up, the down, all of it. And um, this is our first live episode. So... uh, <laughs> so I hope everyone got a. <laughs> I hope everybody got a yeah a jacket and a glass of wine, <laughs> and uh, and welcome. So yeah, we're here because it is uh, Augusta and Nikos's show here at the Museum Spruchting, and uh, I invited them to come talk to me for this show, and they said uh, let's do it live. So that's that's why we're here today. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I had no idea it would be so cold, <laughs> and I wouldn't have suggested it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but the, you know, I basically wanted to start by talking about or asking first you, Augusta, where you come from and uh, how this show came about. I mean, you're you're obviously mm-hmm. from Denmark, but yeah, uh, yeah I'm born in Hillerup, a little bit outside Copenhagen, like after and. Um, I don't know. I was always wanting to travel a lot from I was a child. Mm. And um, I got very restless with Copenhagen when I was around 17. And at that time, Copenhagen was quite a different city than what it is now. How so? I'm very pleased to come back to a developed city. (laughs) 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 Thank you for preparing my homecoming. (laughs) But how is that? How is it different? Oh, it's very different. Um, everything was different. The design, the the the, the 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 exchange of design values, the the spirit of in, entrepreneurship, uh, the the even film as an establishment of exchange of ideas and. Um, Are you telling me that Copenhagen was, was like? Even the city was different. Uh, the international awareness was completely different. Um, yeah, it, it's a lot better now. Is it? Was it like what Before people it was talk about Jutland for now? Me. Now is 
Within reason that I can start debating. <laughs> Copenhagen, like. within reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's I know what you mean. Hugely different. Yeah. Even the awareness in the art school and the art academy here, they, they really want to know what's going on in other academies, especially in London. And when I was applying for school in London, there, there was a sense. I know that they do have some scouts in Goldsmiths at the school at that time to kind of figure out how they were doing it other places. But there wasn't the same. They were more proud that we do it our way and we're not going to negotiate it. But they slowly, while I was in London, from 2003 and onwards, I, I felt that, okay, they're starting to become a self-reflection in Copenhagen, even in the Art Academy, which is a very heavy, or was a very heavy Danish establishment. And it still is in a lot of ways. It is, but it's a lot better, and you can't. Uh, I have very little criticism now of what they're doing, but at that time, the reason why I wasn't studying there was because I thought it was very heavy and very closed around their own ideas. That's why I went to London, because there you have so much diversity, and you have so much influences from so many cultures that very few people have the luxury to have any kind of arrogance about all kinds of values. Yeah, that's probably healthy. Yeah, you that really is have very to healthy. Eat, that's eat why shit for a while. I, I went traveling. What about you, Nikos? Uh, I have born in Athens, uh, grew up in the corner, northeast corner of Greece. Uh, near Turkey and Bulgaria, and studied in Thessaloniki, mathematics. Ooh, yeah. I was already writing a lot and making photos uh, from teenager, uh, and then I continued that to make photography, make some exhibitions with other guys who do the same. And uh, now I live in Athens, and. We are in Copenhagen. It's nice. It's, we have a show. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Do you practice mathematics still at all? Yeah, I give some uh, lessons to Charles. Uh, not anymore. Before a couple of years, I was still doing it, but not anymore. But some ideas of mathematics and some tricks and uh, hits and tricks. I use it even in art. And, uh, uh, and, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, because you know actually something useful. So why the hell did you get into arts? <laughs> Useful? You are the bad guy for the for the charts. You go there, ah, mathematics, and they, they run around the table and you hunt them. Okay. <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but how did you guys meet each other? You guys met in Athens? Or? Uh, we met first time in the Royal Garden of Copenhagen with some friend who was there for... Uh, but okay... We, we, we basically meet and started to be together when Augusta was for uh, a residency in Athens mm. four or five years before. Mm. Yeah, we actually need to talk about this. I was looking at your website, mm-hmm. and you've lived uh, in Paris, in Florence, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in not, London. Not Florence, Milan, Milan. Milan, okay. Yeah. Uh, London, mm-hmm. Copenhagen, mm-hmm. Athens. Mm-hmm. What am I missing? New York for a little while, uh-huh. but that's, that was more like, um, I knew it was temporarily. So what are you doing? What are you running away from? What did you do? <laughs> um, I'm very greedy with culture. Uh-huh. As you can see also in my work, I mean, I sample a lot of images of, of, of women and in, in the way that I work, I look at thousands of images all the time and every day. And I am the biggest consumer of imagery. And uh, if you don't, if in, if an, an image is never an image, an image is a symptom of thousands of complicated implications from a culture. So uh, to be an image consumer, you are anthropologist. You you learn about culture and how every form, and especially in art, the artwork become a form where you can dwell on the structures of a culture. Through, through the form, through the, through the mediation of the images, uh, through even the, t- the textiles, the hanging, everything is a mediation of anthropology for me. So are you looking at it like a researcher almost? Uh, no, because in the end of the day, I work intuitively. No, I, I don't sum up intellectually when I work. But uh, if I, I, I couldn't see how I could be an artist and live in one place. It would be very difficult. Um, I would 
if you if you somehow were the prison the police of the universe and you said to me you can only live within the the, the natural borders of Denmark. I would have to turn every stone in Denmark and, and go in every fucking city. I think it's very, very difficult to be an artist and live in one place, at least in the beginning of one's uh, practice, because it has very little to do with career. I'm very, very bad at strategy, meeting the right people, thinking in terms of strategy. I never do that. I have to admit that's immediately what I think about first, yeah, is how I network know. It can is look quite everything. Snobbish. And when you look at my CV that I've traveled so much, but think about it. I'm actually sitting in a small room somewhere, collecting my freaky images and walking around researching in a culture somewhere. I do talk with people, but I don't uh, make any hierarchy of who I'm talking with and why I'm talking with them. But that's what I mean, you know, since so art is such not, a closed I left circuit. If I, if I was sincerely interested in a very speedy career in terms of selling my artwork in the art market, I would never have left London. Exactly. Yeah, I left London the moment I finished the study. <laughs> Just to make it hard? No, to be no to search for color, to search for all kinds of anthropological research. My <laughs> art is more important uh, that, than anything else. Hmm. I mean, in London you can learn a lot, but I was already there five years, so I did see a lot already. Yeah. And in the end of the day, in London, after you've studied there, you learn that it's a banker's world, and it's not that interesting to make art about, to be honest. There are so many fertile things in the, in the, in the world to make art about. Well, I mean, that's a tough thing. It's, um, you know, art has to sustain itself to some degree. In that yeah. you have to be able to continue to make art, and mm-hmm. whether you decide to get a job which can support mm-hmm. making art, or whether you try to make a living off of selling art, mm-hmm. uh, you have to find your own character. And your somehow you have yeah. to do that. You know, yeah. you have to negotiate mm-hmm. that world. Yeah. And it just seems to me like you—it it makes it tough to have some sort of um, network to draw upon mm-hmm. if you keep leaving. Mm, no. No, not at all, because um, the sense of globalization is much bigger, and I have, you know, friends in Paris, I have friends in Athens, I have friends in Rome, I, I, I even have people who invite me for shows in the respective cities, so it actually makes my network better, much better. Mm. And, and I know also people from Iran who will comment on my work in a way that somebody from London would never comment on my work. So you get a broader range of, uh, of audience, which is very healthy yeah. for, the, for the artist to not just know a few people and who from the same culture. And also when I was finished with London, I was really eager to learn about a non-Northern European and a non-Anglophile way of talking about art, making art and discussing art and even the look of art. I'm starting to learn that there's a big difference between northern and southern Europe in terms of the way they talk about art. Yeah. Are you did you also go to art school? Nikos? Uh no no, I have not been in a, in a fine art school. Do you wish you did? Do you uh are you happy you didn't? Uh I think it's uh, I there's many things to 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 gain from being there. Uh but it suits me somehow. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. I'm not sad. I was not there, and I will not be uh, I, if I'm not until now. I mean, 41 years old. <laughs> I'm 41 now. I will not do it. And uh, there is. This is a. Uh, I mean, when in discussions with other artists, and they say, "You should go to an art school." This that I say, because somehow maybe it's. You have to see it from inside. You have to practice many things, and this is something that I will miss. Many techniques and many some discipline, because you are there in a in a program. You have to present some work, uh, and and almost was doubting that I, that I'm an artist. I'm not like the other artists. Who've been. They say you will not be. You're not here to tell me if I'm an artist or not. I write poetry, make photography. 14, 15, I do constructions, uh, I have tried even to paint, but no, it's not my thing. Uh, anyway, many things. And uh, Well, it seems to me like art school, uh, one of the big functions is, is, is literally playing artist and network building. 
You know, you can be an artist at home. You can paint every night all you want. Going to art school lets you play professional artists. The networking, exactly. the talking, the who's this, who's that. You know, mm, how I do I talk about it. my work? I don't agree at all. You don't, that was my experience at art school in a lot yeah. of ways. No, I what, don't agree. What do you I think, think it is? I think, that's, I think that's something that is a practice that people freak out maybe on the MA. and you know, That's why people do an MA in, in England, for example. That's to do this thing purely. But in the BA in London, maybe people were freaking out the last six months mm. of, the B, of the BA and they were starting to think like that. But until then, they were pretty serious about what they were doing and thinking only of that. But they learned how to talk very, about it? Yeah, but this is, the professors didn't give a shit about networking. Not at all. No, because they're they, done. <laughs> you know. Not necessarily. Uh, the, the professors were interested in, in developing interesting, interesting conversations and, and uh, interesting art. Yeah. So I don't agree. I was not in London to network. I was there to get the best professors I could find on the surface of the earth. And I did get two very good ones. It's a good ratio. Yeah. They were really brilliant. Hmm. I mean, they knew, they knew their art history. We could talk about Piero della Francesca from 14th century. And we could talk about printing processes in India. Mm-hmm. And talk about rituals and how people are living with art and power relationships and the construction of art. And you need to... You need to that's why we love art. <laughs> I don't think everybody observes it in that level, though. I think that's kind of the problem. Uh, do you think that a lot of people get involved in art because they feel like it's a... a a way of life that they can relate to instead of an actual practice? Uh, not, not really, because I think fairly quickly they will realize that the lifestyle of the artist, unless you have very generous, rich parents, um, it's going to be a very, very difficult life. So I think those who find it fancy will, will slowly fade out. Yeah. Yeah. It's not very fancy. Actually, yeah. it's pretty tough. So I think uh, I I know people in in in, in my school uh, who also slowly realized that they really respected art and artists, and they slowly understand how difficult it is, and that they would concentrate on art history or you know something more um, visual branding based or something like that. Think, right, more career yeah. career possibilities. Based, yeah. So I think people understand it pretty quickly. Mm. Yeah. So how did this exhibition come about? I heard you mention earlier <clears throat> that it's been three years in the making or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it has. It has, yeah. Um, basically, Benya invited me, yeah, almost two and a half years ago. And I was supposed to have this exhibition last year, mm. but I was not ready at all. And... I think, and we even had a small fight because I had not understood that she had made a date already. So I think I burned her off last year, but uh, we meant That's to become excellent. friends. Fighting with galleries is excellent. <laughs> no, I'm very good at that. It's my expertise. <laughs> All right, well, you pulled it. You pulled through. That's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I said sorry many times. I had not understood it that she had really made a date. Yeah. But and um, it took me a long time. Yeah, I started to do this in Paris in 2013. Now, were you guys from the beginning going to have an exhibition together? Was no. that the plan? No. The, how would Banya know about Nicolas? He's a Greek artist. Yeah, she would have to be pretty international. Well, yeah, but yeah. you could probably... No, yeah. but it was a plan of the last couple of months. months. Yeah, it was. Exactly. Okay, it, yeah. the plan becomes like this the last two months. Am I, am I to understand that it's more separate, like you have your works and you have your works and you guys aren't collaborating in no, that no, sense? No, we are quite collaborating in okay. the photography rooms. Well, let me hear about that then. Mm. Uh, I, basically, when I had the, 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 the show ready, all my show, when I say my show, I mean the color work. Uh, because this, I, I worked you on... You mean the soak screen and yeah, the yeah, objects? Yeah, all the textile work yeah. is very much uh, a solitary process in my studio mm-hmm. uh, and in my travels um, but then I really love Nicolas photography and I love these spaces except for the, the small rooms I love them for photography I think they're really great it suits photography 
and uh, it's a great I, space here. Yeah. I mean. And I, I really uh, like me and Nicholas' photography together. So we started to have a dialogue. I asked Nicholas if he could participate, and uh, Benny thought it was a great idea. And yeah. then you had two months to make everything. <laughs> ah. Yes, we have a. Um, a little bit we more. have a. Three b- b- it was a. It, it, already exists an idea of an exhibition mm-hmm. we have chosen some photos of mine because I have left them in the corner for a few years I was not so much into it as I was I have other ideas or other things to do anyway so we have a, a set of photos on this I have searched more photos and after also it was a, another practice I do the, the last months or even years but let's say the last months more actively uh, all this Negative trouvé. Found negatives, yeah. Yes. So with my photos, and I use these photos, and of course the rest of the artworks, there are also photos who are, not, who are printed by me, but are not, I have not made them. I have not take, pressed the button. But I choose them from uh, found negatives of the 50s or something like that. They're beautiful. I really like those. Yeah, they're very nice. Where, um, what is it about found negatives that... Um, I like that they come uh, like fragments in time and in space that uh, arrive until me. And uh, I, uh, if you see, my photos are some, some of them, there are two or three of them. Uh, they have uh, obviously some fragments of a marble or an ancient part of a decoration or an old temple or I don't know what they are. Uh, so that they are fragments. Also, these photos like found negatives, they are fragments of time, they, they are already going through the process of, of corrosion or lost in time and, mm-hmm. and start to, to fall apart almost to disappear, so it's like kind of saving uh, the, 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 this moment or this uh, this image anyway uh, like the fragments they have from marbles that, so it, also every kind of uh, all, all the photography, even my photos, are fragments in space and time. So all this uh, fits in how I, I see this exhibition. Uh, also, prints of Augusta have a lot of fragments of cultural fragments, hmm. fragments of images, and or uh, my collages are built up fragments, basically. Are these your images, or are they uh, are they found images? They or? are found images. Yeah, yeah. So not, all of, say them. not is, all of them. Not all of them. They are self portraits yeah. and found images. Mm. What is it for you about found images that? Uh, uh, I don't find them. Nicholas have a sense of, as far as I understand it, a sense of fate in his work, that he finds something literally on the street and introduces it. He l- allow life to change his, uh, the, the, you know, to change the direction the path. of the and, work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't exactly work like that. I, I work much more goal-oriented, so I search for images. So I flick a flew a lot of imagery. Do you know what libraries. you're looking for beforehand? Uh, as an as a sentiment, yes. Okay. Uh, yes, but I don't know how how it will look when I find it. Hmm. Um, so the Mona Lisa girl, as I call her, um, is an Algerian lady that I found in a costume book in Paris, and it's by selecting through maybe five thousand images. I chose her. Jesus. So it's uh, they go through a pretty strange filter, yeah. And I couldn't even really describe the filter, but they, I, I wanted a sense of uh, something close to Mona Lisa, the posture of Mona Lisa, mm-hmm. and I wanted something non-European mm-hmm. uh, to have to show, and that's maybe also why I love Greece because you can see how Greece is the is the point that uh, introduces Arabic uh, culture into Europe and, uh, or African culture into Europe. Sure. So, so Greece is neither European nor is it Middle East or Africa. It's somewhere blurred in between. And you can say that about the whole Europe. I mean, we have... Southern Spain, whole, uh, Southern Italy. Uh, I mean, you know. the whole fucking world is a collage. So if you start talking like that, you, you, we don't have any cultural origin except for Egypt, maybe. Um, but what I like about her is that she's so similar to Mona Lisa, and Mona Lisa is so famous, and and is this archetype of a woman. But she is uh, non-European, and she looks a lot kinder. So a lot of my work is really about 
introducing a, a sense of spiritual kindness. She does look a lot nicer than, yeah, than Mona. Mona Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll put a picture of her up on our website yeah. on, uh, so and then also this. of course it has a lot to do with feminism that these women and this woman for sure was not allowed a very free life mm. uh, so for example the way that I print on top of each other looks like the middle the, the, the head in the middle her head in the middle looks almost like a teardrop falling from her eye so I, I actually it can look very random how I'm working with the prints but I'm actually doing something pretty precise because it's very difficult to do this mm. without it looks precise. Right. So I am also contemplating on the history of women and the stereotypes of women and also perhaps her sadness being mm -hmm. in her time. And perhaps also a kind of, um, what is it called? Like a virtue that... In contemporary art, I really feel we need more spiritual kindness in the imagery, in the making, in the virtues that we portray, in the will of the artist to participate in the culture. I mean, you don't just make an artwork to make a question. I think the world is far too dangerous, far too difficult, far too hellish to actually allow yourself such a luxury only to raise questions. Mm. You have to come with answers too. You have to come with a moral, a set of moral. And my work, maybe nobody gets it except for me, but my work do come from a moral of further kindness in the world. That's very and interesting. images does help that. Images is the product of our culture. Mm. We started with the cave images. It was a way for a tribe to understand and become very strong, and we built wars even, images that helps us create a war stronger. Hmm. For good and for bad. So images are very important in our culture. Right. They have lost any sort of um, implication towards power in that sense. They don't, they don't represent a ritual which is supposed to make no. us anything uh, no. anymore. Uh, they're also a lot less rare than mm -hmm. they used to be. I mean, yeah. that somehow connects in my mind to found images, you know, because in the 50s, photography was something you really kind of paid attention to if you wanted to take a picture mm -hmm. you thought about you know it was expensive mm -hmm. it was time consuming sure. it was something which required yeah. a certain amount of skill mm -hmm. a negative meant a lot more than and so what you're finding for example is is something which someone probably labored over you know and it was probably handmade and uh yeah. you know the local photographer maybe took the picture or at least processed it and mm -hmm. uh and and then they become just decontextualized mm -hmm. You know, you like you were saying, you have these fragments. Yeah, yeah, I'm very interesting about all this uh, as you talk about it. Mm. Uh, how the things look of the past, how they have a meaning from him different than from me, from him or for her. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all these things that you can see in a photo, the context of the photo, I can understand him a little bit or <laughs> her. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and uh, see the, 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 the friends around or... The family together. The, or yes, or things that uh, the photographer does, uh, hobbies or travels or images mm. from his life. Important images. Important. I mean, when you press the button, it's a little bit more important. Than the, I mean, it's selected moments of... But that's life. what I mean. You only took pictures when it was supposedly important. Mm -hmm. You know, now we take pictures because we're done looking at Twitter and we got to do something. Yes, with our and phone, that's you know, like so easy. Mm -hmm. to, they, they come so easy, then they go so easy. Exactly, something different. Why. Photography now. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. that's also why we have chosen to only show handmade photography, and mm -hmm. that's quite. I mean, it's not random that we show. Right, you guys have only darkroom prints from only negative handmade. Because the whole the, the title of the exhibition is called Helios, which means the sun in mm. in, in Greek, and uh, the sun is a metaphor, always a metaphor for time, and we don't talk about mechanical time. We also talk about the preciousness of the few, you know, elaborate time we have to do anything, maybe spiritual or creative or uh, that. So every print is really sacred. You use a lot of time on every print. You, 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 you invest. Uh, you also, it's also privileged that with the making, you actually have really fantastic moments. And so you cannot hurry all these artworks. You cannot hurry them. You, you cannot hurry 
Right. I mean, this one have hanged in my studio for three years, and I add maybe one line in the end of it. I mean, it takes me three years to look at it to see if it's finished or not. And maybe some people find it crazy. And it's not. You, 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 you have to look through all the details, all the colors, how they, they variate. And this is a kind of poetic way of using time. And that's very um, nourishing in my understanding and it doesn't mean to be visual but you know to to use time and something um, nourishing for your spiritual reflections on yourself and on the world all the artworks and that's why it's not design it's it really is about this, the spiritual practice of the artist and the viewer and it's very difficult to have a spiritual practice with something that's not connected to a labor. Whereas with digital photography, you can have the labor perhaps in the, in the moment, but there is a sense of labor in, in, the, in the practice of handling photography where you actually add something. It's like being a painter in the last moment. Maybe you even scratch the negative to give it a line. Or, mm. So you, you handle it from beginning to the end with the care and the reflection of the artist. This relates to so one of my favorite. This is not really con- conceptual art, let's say. Right. Well, it sounds like a pretty solid conceptual basis to work from, at okay. least as a practice. Okay. okay, I understand. But it has to do with time, and that's why we have the title. Mm. Because nothing is made in order to betray an idea. It Maybe it's betraying also thousands of many ideas, which they do, but we haven't left it for... Um, we haven't, we haven't skipped it, like, oh, let somebody else would make it, or this portrays only that idea, so I print the button, mm. or, you know, everything is followed up with the labor of time. Mm-hmm. This relates to one of my favorite questions to ask people, and it's, it's not very nice to ask, but I can't resist. Why, why make art? You know, because you, you're talking about oh, what's so important to, to you. It's so simple to answer. But why show it? You know, you can make it at home, and it could mean all these things. Okay, that's two different questions. What you are? The really, but why be an artist? I guess is the real question. To, to not go insane. That's very simple. Mm-hmm. There's not an. It's not a choice. What about you? You could have been for a mathematician. It's not, an, uh, for, 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 it's not an easy question. Yeah. Uh, it's an obvious question. Why to do this? I mean, it's not. But you don't do some practical like all the people do. I mean, exactly. Um, but it's 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 also this is practical. You create something. It's creative. It's, uh, but why? I I I I don't want to answer the question. I want to, <laughs> to bother to to think why. Right. Well, that might ruin the magic. You know, it may not be a question of why. It's just a question of is it does you do. You know. <laughs> That makes sense. But what is it for you that keeps you from going crazy? Well, um, it's, the, it's, the, it's the, what is it called? The lamination, I don't know, laminated. You can mm-hmm. say that in English? Mm-hmm. The lamination of virtues mm-hmm. is very important. All my artworks are sealed. The lamination virtues of virtues. That, that is the title I, of this episode now. Uh, <laughs> I seal my moral in every work. Mm-hmm. And if I don't keep a strength with my moral in this world, I wouldn't give a damn and commit suicide. It, I think we have so many problems in this world and we need lamination of morals and virtues. If you don't take a standpoint, I mean, every human being needs to take a standpoint morally in order to live. I mean, at some point it doesn't come with your morals that you were inherited from your parents. At some point you take a decision what morals you have Mm -hmm. and sometimes you need help of rituals or habits to keep a strength with those virtues to have integrity Hmm. and art is great for that and then the sharing of it also helps great yeah it seals it further Mm -hmm. because it can seal it in others right well, I mean, another question I had because this seems this whole this whole exhibition seems very much to be about the self as well. Even mm-hmm. though you guys are using found images, mm-hmm. I find it reflecting back to um, a, 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 you know you're using self portraits in your work, mm-hmm. but you know there, there's definitely a, a, a negotiation of self here, mm-hmm. and 
Even of authorship. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm kind of thinking about what the role of, of the self is in art for you guys and how that relates to uh, the world, the greater world. It's very difficult. I mean, Nicholas is almost erasing the author of the artist by using found negatives. Yeah. As a part of the artwork. But putting himself in there. Yeah. You know, when you very print much. their image, you become the author of that image, strangely. Yeah. Yes, in a, in a way, yes. Uh, I mean, I, will, I, will, I have not signed the artworks, but I will sign them <laughs> later or tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I will put my signature. Um, in photography... Because I follow, let's say, the line of uh, the, the photographers like uh, Bresson or like this. I have started from this point of Cartes that uh, Bresson was saying, like, art uh, without art. Uh, like, because he was finding the image, just crop a piece of the reality and make art or mm-hmm. in, in time and space. Mm-hmm. Uh, so well, he was saying that it's being an artist, like, without being an artist. It, it, the art without art. It is with many, with a lot of artists' work anyway, but uh, somehow the, it's that I am very, the, the photographer is very behind. He's behind the camera, he's behind the work, he shows something else. He shows always something else. In, in visual art, you, you show yourself, or in theater, yourself much like physically you show it. So in photography, you are hidden. Mm-hmm. And uh, to go one step more behind was to show other photos. So I am just. Somebody who, who, who respects this past and who, 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 who keep it and who show it again. Uh, so I was, one, for me, it's one step more behind that I am less even present, uh, taking the work and, and, and present it like mine. It doesn't matter for me if it's mine or not. It's just the, 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 the act of, of printing someone's photo who is... Mm. And basically, for me, it's not a stolen photo of a negative. It's a found negative on the street. So I found it on the on the garbage. For anybody, have not a value good for me. Right. Mm-hmm. So I give it a new value. This is. Uh, but I like that I am hidden behind all this. Right. But you're still there. That's the funny thing. <laughs> you know, no matter how much you try, you can't get away. Yeah. Yeah. He's even more present, almost, if you ask me, because in a kind of because it becomes a part of the title, it becomes right. I mean, well, I mean, I, that work would have it. disappeared into the trash. Yeah, most I was, likely. Actually, I cared for something on the street that you didn't care about. Well, yeah. and I made something precious out of it. Right. That's that's also a statement, a social statement, even even a care for history. How so exactly? Uh, because everything in this world goes very fast. As you know a, it, and everything is about money and profit. It's a care for continuity, just, just a care fact, of the, the past exists in the present, and just the, the present fact that you had the time. But future. even even more practically, uh, just the fact that you had the time to pick it up, use two, three weeks in the dark room, and actually look at as complete strangers' films. Mm. This is this is a moment of care. It's almost a moment of uh, it. Even have an element of you know. La Madonna or the mother caring for something and that time is not your time, my time it's our time Mm. we are all here, we were all here it's a continuity of lived lives carrying something with you on your shoulders onwards yes, it shows a kind of of empathy Mm. for what have happened in history I was was feeling when I was looking first time these negatives after I found them like uh, the same excitement that you you feel when you develop some films and you see you look for what you have there, and even more because it was developed them I was developed them in time somehow in like see them again. It's like an archaeologist almost to find yeah, yeah, traces oh, exactly. of exactly yeah 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 like yeah. it was my first dream when I was a child <laughs> to be an archaeologist so I find <laughs> elements of that there that finding something showed again see the past. And see it now in another nobody context. Nobody would take the time out to do that today. Very few people. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think yeah. a lot of material is sliding off the edge of society and disappearing. Yes, they are. Uh, yeah. There's a couple of and good antique of stores here also. in Copenhagen that yeah. you find all sorts of really great stuff and that's about yeah. to disappear. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, just to get back to it, mm-hmm. what about you in your work? The, the fragments, the found objects. Well, more that you, you even photograph oh, yourself. the self in general. And, uh, yeah. No, the self is very important. I mean, I've used a camera for like, I don't know, since two, 2001 hmm. to photograph myself. And I was never really wanting to photograph the self, myself. But I was wanting uh, to learn art history. So I put myself in positions of art history until maybe three years ago. Positions of art history? Yeah, so I was... Using uh, reference, other em- material. Embodying Manet, uh-huh. the, the posture of an odilisque of Manet, mm-hmm. or I was uh, dancing like the ballet dancer of Degas. So I was embodying how male artists have uh, literally moved around uh, the dance of the, of the woman artist because I thought if I never integri- integrated the postures, a male had been moving around the female body as a physical body experience, I could never do new images myself. This is out of respect for mm, artists. Yes, yes. Not out of anger, out of respect. Mm-hmm. Where so, are you now? Are you past art history now? Or are you still chewing I'm on much it? more freer, yeah. I can really recognize what, how they were handling this body quite quickly, so I don't have to look at art history so much more, no. Hmm. Uh, so the last imagery like this comes from a much more... Uh, comes from a more spiritual place than actually an art history study. Well, I notice you often cover your face. In most of the works, yeah. you're looking away or covering your face with something. Yeah. Which, um, because it's not a portrait of me. Right. I don't do portraits. It's not really me. I'm just using the body to uh, channelize an energy that could have been anybody, really. Because every moment, if you look at a painting, it all goes back to painting. If you look at somebody sitting, I don't know, like this, just could be any situation. If, if her hand closes just like that, it would be a very different image. I mean, every movement, or even like that, it would be about, in painting, all the small gestures show secrets. Because all the, also because the aristocrats of the past were telling secrets to right. one another. And artists were talking visual... schmack about people without them knowing it. Yes, also. You know? <laughs> they were putting information that the, other, that the buyers were not even knowing. Exactly. Yeah. So this was a, this was a, gay, a game of codes. Right. And so in order to learn a little bit about all these codes, you would have to put yourself into the game physically like a dance. Mm-hmm. So painting is a dance. And what's it's, photography? It's, it's if painting is a dance, control, what's... Contr- the control of body. Yeah. And um, at some <laughs> point, uh, I, I, yeah, at some point I just started to want to do images of women uh, who could show a gesture of uh, fertility within the body and a gesture of vitality, uh, but without using muscles, without maybe running around or being literal about it. So the gestures are very, very much in detail about how I sit and the, the weight and the balance and how I hold the orange. Do I squeeze it a lot or do I keep it open? I mean, it's really, it's how, how also ancient sculpture in, in Greece were developed that they slowly started to have a movement. Uh, and how much do you press that movement? How much do you over-exaggerate that movement? movement? Yeah. It depends on what you want to portray. And I want to portray in this range of work uh, balance and sense of growth and a sense of uh, inner resources. Personal growth? Uh, no. Like a really an understanding, that, a spiritual understanding that life, um, that life has endless ways of growing, no, no matter what happens on any kind of level, on a spiritual level, on a physical level, uh, that, that it is wildly growing mm. in any almost possible way. We cannot even understand it. We cannot even comprehend how wild it is. Yeah, I mean, that's tough to represent. I mean, you, you, you build something, and after a few years, you have a crack and a flower growing up. I mean, it's uncontrollable wild yeah and this we don't have so many images of that and i'm not even very good at it yet but you know i start somewhere to try and persuade and that's also why i did color a lot to show this endless variation 
of the reflection of a light ray in your eye, and it's endless. It's endless fertile. We cannot understand it, how endless it is. It's tough to represent, that's yes, for sure. I mean, if it's something you can barely wrap try. your brain around. <laughs> it's very fun to try. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it occurs to me that materials are very important to both of you guys, both that yes. you use the uh, you know, traditional photographic materials, but also there's the silk screens, the colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have these boxes with mm-hmm. objects, uh, you know, powder, mm-hmm. flower petals, mm-hmm. leaves, all this stuff. What do the materials, like what's the language you guys are using with the materials when you could, in fact, uh, write a novel or you could do anything? It's, you know... Um, it, it's very hard to to um, I'm, they make me think from my point of view they make me think that uh, all this w- it becomes a world with it's not just prints or something very conceptual it's organic and uh, you can keep it in your hand even smell it uh, mm-hmm. it makes me feel into into um into a reality, not a, a fiction that uh, that a gallery space makes, but into a reality that happens into the space. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, make me feel more familiar and more like being in a in a room or who somebody lives there or some uh, being in a in a in a home. Mm. Give me a home feeling. Mm-hmm. The materials also. Is the is the is the intimacy of the body is present in some something that is labored. And that's very important because if you, it's an effect, it's a visual effect. Maybe I had the pleasure of the visual intimacy while I was working. Okay, that's one thing. But the other thing is that it, it's very difficult to, to imitate. I mean, if, if, I, if I took one of my uh, splashy uh, silkscreen prints on silk to a specialist and I said, copy that exactly, uh, I... I think it would be quite difficult because you have the splash, you have the labor, you have, you have a, a visual effect of the time that was used to make it. And, and that's very important because the viewer looks at the intimacy of the body of the maker mm-hmm. and that gives a presence of the maker. So the artist is very close to the viewer, like he's just standing next to you with the presence of the body so the viewer can see how the artist was almost you know, breathing and spitting on the work so he can re-embody if he has a sense of empathy and he has the time to look at it he can re-embody how would I have done it how would I have breathed it how would I have lived it with it and there empathy starts and we like to use empathy empathy is exciting to understand and already there you already start you're already in the work the view is already in it invites you in the intimacy mm. It's very difficult to invite somebody in an artwork that has no references or traces of a human touch. It's very difficult. Well, one of the things I find very funny about art is that it's very important to us. We all, you know, probably you guys, the people here, find art interesting. It's important. Uh, Obviously, I do because of the show. Obviously, you guys do because Mm -hmm. you make it. But for a lot of people, they could not care at all. Mm. It's not important whatsoever. Yeah, it's really a shame. And it's it's totally a a corner thing. It's 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 it obviously fills a fair amount in our consciousness because people know art museums. Okay, they uh, do exist. The museums. Yeah, you know, like uh, you know, yeah. You know, it's not that bad, but no, in terms, could have been you know, a lot worse. it's just you know, it strikes me as a hard way to communicate. If you really, really want to communicate with the world, maybe you should be a comedian, mm. or maybe you should be a, a novelist, mm. or you a know, star, a pop star. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, What's Lady Gaga really trying to tell us? Mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that has to be. It's funny because it's almost like with the lack of religion, um, it, it, it's great to, to not have an authority who say how to how how to make you think and this that. But on the other hand, it's 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 also a loss in a way because we're not used to uh, associate imagery or artwork with actually a, something sacred. Uh, and and uh, that's 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 a shame. That's a big loss. 
And I don't know what we do instead. I mean, in, in, in the ancient time in Greece, you have 25,000 people coming for festivals, for the theater festivals. It was a huge part of the culture. Now we do what? Football? I think so. I think that's the equivalent almost. And Facebook. Yeah, Facebook, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's very sad because actually to develop a culture, uh, you de- do need a language that reflects upon emotion, mm. our emotional life. Yeah. And pop stars don't necessarily reflect. They um, explain or is an immediate uh, mediator. Right. Um, so in a culture, it's very important to have an emotional reflection. That's what you call catharsis, And that's what the ancient culture in Greece was built upon. They invented theater to have a catharsis. The tragedies come from there. Because if we don't have an outlet, a vessel to reflect upon or to deliver a dwelling space for our psychoanalytical or emotional space, it will go crazy. I mean, to sleep and to have our dreams is not enough. We need also a collective space where, where I understand that you are spiritual too. We are not just making money and profit. We are also here to learn about our emotional structures and to even question spiritual structures. When I say spiritual, it's very vague, but, you know, just kind of a reflection space doesn't even have to be based on anything spiritual like that or spiritual like that doesn't matter just the fact that you're reflecting on life and reflecting on being sure and what else but art can do this today if you're not religious i don't know it there aren't many cathedrals left i guess you could say so it's very important in our culture yeah well, I mean, with greater individuality comes a more splintering of culture, right? That, that we are freer yeah. to, to pursue what we want, but there's less centralized, meaningful uh, ritual for everybody. Yeah, we don't have a shared ritual like the way the ancient Greeks had a shared ritual, which was a reflective place on emotions. We have cinema. This is quite good still. Hmm. But, and then we have the museums. Yeah, yeah. And we just we don't have a culture right now who... Maybe we don't have politicians or leaders who really appreciate art in any aspect. I don't talk, when you say art in English, it means a lot visual art. When you say art in French, for example, it means... All, when you say in Paris, I'm an artist, they look at you like, and? Because you can be, five, you can be uh, an actress or a poet. Or it, doesn't, it doesn't give you any clue if you say just artist, artiste. Right. Uh, so uh, in the same... In the same way, we need to. We, I wish we had more leaders who would have more respect for art because we're going to have a pretty boring culture if we continue to devaluate it. Well, the thing is, people have to engage too. You know, the yes. the, the, the publicly, you know, the institutions which show art also have to prioritize it. Well, they have to show that people come and see it; mm. that they're not just empty halls. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's the same thing that's happening for the churches in Denmark. They're, ch- mm-hmm. they're closing tons of churches because yeah. uh, they're seeing that there aren't enough people going to church mm-hmm. to justify that. Yeah, but it's not only that, too. You know, you had Napoleon. I don't like Napoleon very much, but I do like Louvre. <laughs> and he took a fucking big decision. He said, fuck you, France. I don't care about what your opinions are about art, but I will also teach you something. There is great culture in Europe, and I will build Louvre. I will not live there. There was a Louis something living there before, and I will make a museum public for people. So maybe he was a a, a very, very tyrannic tyrannic person in many levels, but he was also a genius understanding values that sometimes we need a little bit of help to understand them. And today I think Louvre have no problems with tickets. It's only the most famous museum in the world. Yeah, so maybe it's also our leaders. It doesn't necessarily come from the public. Mm. And, I mean, the French section of art in Louvre is like this room. The rest (laughs) is stolen through war, so it was legal. (laughs) But he knew exactly what he wanted. Right. Carlsberg is the same. You know, when he bought some sculptures from Egypt, mummies, they were sent in, in, in stupid boxes with the post, with the normal post, because nobody cared to buy them. Right. He was buying them for candy prices. Right. Now, I'm sure that Egypt wants them back. 
Indeed. Yeah. I imagine so, they would. So I really disagree. You need people who have good value, who can think thousands of years ahead of you sometimes. Hmm. Yeah. We are not all clever. It yeah. would be a dreadful world sometimes with only democracy. Yeah, if someone asked me yeah. to think a thousand years ahead, I'd probably have to say, mm, I'll go ahead and pass you, on that one. Think, I'll think about tomorrow. I maybe. think you're pretty happy for Glyptotheca <laughs> and Kumhowning. I'm pretty yeah. happy for Glyptotheca. Yeah. That was one man creation. Right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Denmark is the state, it's, it's Maersk, and it's Carlsberg, right? Mm-hmm. There are three major forces mm-hmm. that... Yeah, but I'm just saying that uh, fine culture doesn't necessarily come from the masses, even if I am a very left-wing person normally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you have any thoughts on the issue? (laughs) 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 It's how, uh, like we have mentioned Paris... Uh, in Paris, a lot of people. I mean, you, you see yeah. huge in the exhibitions. Yeah, yeah. I, f- all full, I, I gave right. up a going into you Frida Kahlo see, exhibition. You cannot see an exhibition with, quietly. <laughs> it's difficult uh, in Greece or here or I don't know where else. Uh, it's the opposite. <laughs> you make an exhibition, you have an opening, and you have you see your friends in the opening. You see other people. Okay, it's fantastic, but then you just. Don't know why the exhibition is open. Yep. A couple of people every day. It's this is. That's such a great feeling, huh? <laughs> how, how how logical is this? How how why right. you you have after a, uh, after the very uh, nice opening and you, you feel like why why all this happened? Why do I do this? Mm. Why why why? But Benya was saying the same to me. Actually, I'm sorry to quote Benya, but she says I feel like an educator. The gallerist, yeah. yeah, and it's tough. It is tough. It's yeah. an uphill battle. It's a. She a lot feels of like a cultural educator, now. so she, in a way, employs herself in a position that nobody of the politician asks her to do. Right, right. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. I mean, this is just <laughs> this is the problem. You know, this is we can't yeah. solve this. No, no. <laughs> but only we with, can work towards only it. with hardcore cultural politicians. Yeah. Well, I mean, to finish up, I wanted to ask you guys, each of you, to tell me what is the best part and the worst part about being an artist. Used, I don't know. Yeah, you. <laughs> the best and the worst is the same. I don't know. <laughs> that may be. That may be. Answer it however you feel. Uh, you know, makes sense. I almost try to avoid that. I'm an artist, or I'm not an artist, or what I am, and all the the, the question about. Uh, it's it's it it comes again and again, and I try almost to, to avoid it inside me, uh, and um, I try to 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 not see the line between that being an artist and not being an artist. Uh, it helps a little bit also not to feel that I have a special. Uh, I don't like to feel that I, I have a I have a. I think to do like an artist. Right. I don't have to do nothing for nobody, but just I have just to make my own uh, what what uh, my inspiration says, what every day brings, and uh, things like that. Not to to feel that I have a that I have to do something. Right. Well, that would be one of the best parts about being an artist is no one can, you know, you have the freedom to do yes, it or not to yes, do it or to whatever. Basically, I'm an artist to do whatever I want. This, yeah. is, this is the answer. Because I, I, I prefer to do whatever I want. Freedom, yes. And I guess you're right, too. That's also the worst part, in a way. <laughs> I mean, mm, I mean no, I didn't mean it choices. like that. No, no, no. No. Uh, for me, my inspiration comes almost daily, and I get very angry if I'm not allowed to a- exhaust it. Mm. So like that, it's almost a, it's a rhythm now in my body. I have trained it for very long. Yeah. So I, I need, I mean, I, 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 I saw an interview with Matisse who said he, he started to practice violin to make sure that he had a break from art, mm. because otherwise he would be too, uh, like, like, like making a muscle too strong right, compared right, to other right. muscles. So I don't think, I think, um, I don't know, the best and the worst, I never think of it like that because it doesn't feel like a choice. So if you ask me like a practical thing, uh, the best is the travels. 
because mm. you can get funding from sure. travels. And I love travels. Mm. And uh, the worst is this feeling that the culture doesn't prioritize it far close to my normal idea mm. of I mean, I'm brought up with an art historian. I saw St. Peterskirchen in Rome when I was six. And, you know, I've seen a lot of art, and I don't want to sound like a snob. I just really see, have seen with my eyes the greatness of the mirror art can be for culture and how much we can develop in all ranges and innovation. And I find it very sad that we don't prioritize more. And that feeling of being a minority with a culture and a heritage that I don't find a minority at all and was not a minority in previous cultures, mm. that I find strange. Re I, sometimes I'm, I, I was taken like a previous lifetime from the Renaissance and worked from the church which, uh, and, and put in the Stone Age. And you, have to, and you, are, you are in the future, so you have to, to explain people like this was pretty normal like even 150 years ago what yeah. happened i mean it f feels really strange it's almost like a time machine somebody took me in a time machine and you have to start from scratch and you had just had a great culture and you're like what the fuck happened in 100 years did you all come from another planet did we did we change genes that's very weird Does the art have get privatized somehow? It doesn't have to do with the state, with the religion. With Maybe, this, that. yeah. It's this freedom also uh, of individual artists who do whatever he wants. Bring up, it's, it's good, let's say. Mm -hmm. But it's dang dangerous. Let's say, don't give you a frame that where are you? Just don't give don't you define this you shit. like the old artists were defined by the religion or the, the mm. frame that they was, the, the, who they work. Mm. What they do. But now you're just exposed inside. But in if you go, uncountable uh, possibilities of what you do, what you will not do, what what you you, yes. you can do. But that's more like maybe yeah. In south of As in south artist. of Europe it's a little bit like that, and north of Europe it's like that. But I would say that in Italy, or I don't know, south of Europe is also, but north Italy, uh, I mean Central Europe. If we say Milan, partly also yeah. Rome and. Paris have a much more uh, integrated normal sense of culture. Mm -hmm. they, they wouldn't even dream about living without culture. It's such a huge part of their way of living, even just food and everything. I mean, that's what's great about even small thing like Noma. Like you have a sense of uh, aesthetic decision-making and uh, virtues mm -hmm. that goes into, and that's also art. It's not completely gone yet. No, So that it comes in a new forward. way, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. We're out of time, guys. Yeah. <laughs> We're freezing. <laughs> thank you so much for, uh, for taking part. Thank yeah. you for, for doing this. Yeah, thank you for thank raising. Thank you, too. Yeah. And thank you guys for coming. <laughs> much appreciated. <laughs> so. Thank you for listening to this first ever live episode of the Undergang Armchair. Intro and outro music was kindly provided by Johnny Ripper, and today's interstitial music was provided by CSUS. You can find links to their music and all other sorts of great conversations on our soapbox of a website, undergang.net. The show is produced in part with the kind support of the Danish Arts Council. Thank you for joining us.
Thank <laughs> you.